Your smartphone wouldn't work without one. If you have an electric vehicle, you'd be driving nowhere if it didn't have these in it. And providing storage systems for renewable energy would just be a far-flung fantasy. I am, of course, talking about the unsung heroes of our modern world, batteries. From the processes, innovations and environmental implications involved in battery technology to the often surprising ways in which batteries are used and what happens to them when they reach the end of their useful life. These are some of the things we are going to learn more about. I'm Fran Scott and welcome to yet another episode of the Process Automation podcast series from ABB as we discover more about the world of today's battery power and what we can expect in the future. Later, we'll be meeting Stefan Sordegard, Vice President of Battery Manufacturing at ABB, and Maria Orstrand, Vice President of Cathode Active Materials at Northvolt, who'll be telling us more about how batteries are pivotal in her business. But first, by way of an introduction to the wonderful world of batteries, here's Nora Rosenberg-Grobeck, Head of Battery Technology at Innovation Norway, who told me more about how they've evolved over the years. In the past, batteries were primarily used for small-scale applications like radios, flashlights, smaller portable devices, the good old Discman, for example. And these batteries were typically non-rechargeable with very limited energy capacity. But today, batteries have had a transformative evolution from being used for these simple, small applications in the past to be a vital part of modern day technology, renewable energy integration, transportation and grid resilience. We've had major advances in battery chemistry and technology that have enabled these diverse applications. So I think now there's such an integral part of our current way of life and also to help us transition to a more sustainable future. And also when it comes to battery chemistry, we've also seen a lot of improvements. There's a focus on research and development to improve performance and safety. In terms of the increase in battery use that I presume has come from an increase in our understanding about battery technology, how good are we now at fully understanding what they do and the part that they play and could play in the future? I think many of us just think of electric vehicles when it comes to batteries, but don't necessarily see the many other uses in industry when it comes to those types of applications like ferries submarines, hospitals nowadays have backup diesel generators that could be run on batteries. So for medical emergencies, and I don't think people tend to think too much about energy storage, renewable energy, and the role that they will play in transitioning to a more sustainable future. And that's about us doing what we do now, telling the story and getting that up to people. I very much assume that a bigger battery that stores the energy from a solar panel is very different from one that stores the energy in my iPhone. Are they very different? Do they work on the same basic principle or is it coming up with scratch when it comes to the technology? Yeah, that's one way of saying the transition from single-use alkaline and lead-acid batteries to lithium-ion batteries. 
has revolutionized various industry because we get more efficient and sustainable power solutions. The chemistry has longer lasting energy and batteries can also become smaller. But in some applications, some of the electric EVs that we have today, the battery packs that are in the EV is basically just a lot, a lot, a lot of small batteries put together. So it's not necessarily that much different from a small portable one. It's just more of them. And then that, of course, gives a lot of requirements in terms of safety. But, you know, we see advancements that these energy storage systems are getting smaller and with more capacity. How could batteries help when it comes to the energy of the future, especially in terms of, I suppose, energy prices? Because we've all seen those fluctuate so much in recent months. That is true. Batteries are used to store excess energy generated from renewable sources like solar panels or wind turbines. This stored energy can then be used during low energy production or high demand, giving us more stabilized access to more reliable power. They are essential to mitigating environmental impacts and supporting the transition to clean energy and addressing that growing need for energy storage in a sustainable manner. We know that batteries are important when it comes to the green energy transition. But when it comes to battery manufacturing itself, how can we ensure that the batteries are produced in the most energy and resource efficient way? Yeah, I think when it comes to battery manufacturers, there's a lot of responsibility laying with them. They can promote using green energy sources, clean energy sources, optimizing resource use, continuously focus on research and development and innovation when it comes to the battery chemistry itself implementing recycling programs, I think, you know, that will be a significant issue. And I think, you know, they don't necessarily have a choice because there are so many directives coming out, especially from the EU level. You have the battery passport setting requirements to trace the components of a battery. You will have now the EU corporate sustainability reporting directive. They have a huge responsibility, but I also believe that they are very aware of it. Despite all of these good things about the batteries that we've talked about, there are still many examples, aren't there, where us humans, we struggle with letting go of the tried and tested traditional methods of powering our world. So why do you think this is? I think it has to do a lot with history, with various cultures, with what I like to say, this is how we've always done it mentality. An example from my personal life is that in my family, we have this old Norwegian traditional wooden boat with a diesel engine. And it has a very, very particular sound. So when you're out in the water, you hear it. And I've had this discussion with my father. Could we put in an electric motor in that boat? He's very reluctant because then you take away the sound and the sound of the engine is such a big part of the experience. So not always easy to change things, even though, you know, that could be wise from an environmental aspect. Tradition, culture, mindset, education, not at least. And I definitely think that these perceptions will change, but it takes time.
So Nora, where do you hope we'll be with battery technology in, let's say, 10 years time? I hope that we will have transformative evolution with relentless innovation and profound also shifts in energy demand. Developments could include enhanced energy density, the ascent of solid state batteries, accelerated fast changing capabilities, a heightened emphasis on environmental sustainability, affordability, regulatory dynamics and uh, the exploration of other materials. Finally, Nora, the first ever battery was built and invented by Alessandro Volta in 1799. A little bit of out-the-box thinking here, but imagine if Volta was plonked in modern day times and was seeing all of the battery technology that's going on now and all of the things that you are doing and other people in the industry is doing with batteries. What do you think they would say? I think when your primary interest is understanding electricity and how it could be used, I think you would be very fascinated by the advancements which have led to the world that we have today and the widespread use. I think he would be amazed and fascinated about the continuous scientific discovery and innovation but at the same time also maybe slightly concerned about the widespread use and about the environmental impact because he wouldn't have that understanding of how the world has evolved. You know, he was very, very, very ahead of his time. I think seeing the results of what he managed to discover back then, I would say he would be very proud. Nora Rosenberg-Grobeck, Head of Battery Technology at Innovation Norway. Now, battery technology in its simplest form has been around for more than 200 years. And these days, lithium-ion batteries, which are widely used in today's applications, were first developed in the 1970s. And they're now used in everything from smartphones and medical devices to planes and even the International Space Station. According to its Battery Insights team, global management consultancy firm McKenzie & Company also says that the entire lithium-ion battery chain, so that's from mining through to recycling, could grow by over 30% annually by 2030, with a value of more than $400 billion. So when it comes to battery delivery and production, where does a company like ABB fit into the big picture? I've been finding out from Stefan Sødergaard, who's Vice President of Battery Manufacturing at ABB. ABB is a technology leader in electrification and automation, so we are basically enabling a more sustainable and resource-efficient future. We have a lot of engineering know-how, and we combine that in how things are manufactured, moved and powered and operated. And if we zoom in on the battery manufacturing industry and the value chain. We have been active for quite some time. Basically, we are covering everything from rock to road. So we have our business in the mining field where we focus on producing the raw material that the industry needs. We are quite active in the anode and cathode refining and material production. We have a nice business in the cell manufacturing and also in the recycling part of it. So during your time at ABB, what have you learned and discovered that has perhaps surprised you or allowed you to develop? I think the demand and the growth of these batteries and how imperative they are for being successful in the 
reaching the sustainability goals and how all the different players in the market, the companies making batteries, the companies using batteries, the consumers buy the products, the awareness and the need to transition to a more sustainable future and how these batteries enables them. But also, not only from that perspective, it also trickles down the very start of the value chain and how we can free up these materials in a sustainable and ethical way as well. And of course, also how we will handle the recycling aspect of it. So I really think that this industry has from the very beginning and from all these early days where we are now, really thinking about the circularity in how we would also go about taking the responsibility that we are not creating problems in the future either. And then you combine this mindset with a very rapid technology development with different chemistries, different affecting the long liberty of the product and cycle times, so very rapid development in the technology that is available as well. Then, of course, such a great pull in the market side that there is a real big need for batteries as we speak and a lot of investments ongoing in parallel in all different regions around the world. So it's really been a surprise to me and it's quite exciting to be a part of that journey. How important do you see batteries within industry and our everyday lives? If we want to move away from the CO2-based economy or CO2-based transportation and also in terms of uh, securing that we have a reliable electrical energy available in the grid out of the socket for the consumer every day when you need to charge your phone or when you need to charge your car to the more industrial users. And also I think as you get more and more renewable energy source into the electrical grid all over the world, not only in certain regions. I mean, today you already have some countries that more or less have 99% renewable energy or CO2-free energy. Battery plays the instrumental role in getting more intermittent energy renewable sources into the energy mix. In turn, also on the consumer side, in your electrical car, in your consumer electronics. I see it has a great impact and moves ahead in all these directions in parallel. Stefan, can you tell us about any of the kinds of projects that you've been involved with? I think we are more or less engaging with all major players in this industry in both material production, in the actual cell production plants and the customers we have in that segment. Of course, also in the applications, we ourselves deliver also energy storage systems and we are a customer of batteries in that sense, but also in taking the responsibility and closing the loop as well by being active and supporting our customers that are running recycling plants. At least one example that we can freely speak about is Norfolk, where we have done a lot of this uh, electrical and automation for the plants in the northern part of Sweden, Shaleftel. We have also quite some publicly communicated memorandum of understandings as well with some major players establishing themselves in Europe and North America. And we plan to be a part and we aim to be a part and our ambition is we would enable them to scale their operations by supporting them with our solutions in the electrification infrastructure of these plants and how they automate these plants, how they can use digitalization also in their process to improve quality and increase output. I'm sure, as is the case with any new technology, you know, it is not 
plain sailing. I bet there have been some challenges along the way. So what have been your most significant challenges and what do you potentially see the challenges of the future to be? Well, I think this goes probably for the whole industry, more or less, that you have basically an industry that is growing for a quite small volume just five years ago. And this means that you have a new set of players, especially in Europe and North America. You have quite a big number of established players in Asia already that is very, shall we say, mature in their way of operating. Moving on, when you need to start and build a company and you start scaling and you don't basically have the domain competence in certain regions, it's quite scarce of battery know-how in Europe and North America. I mean, it's picking up now and it's growing exponentially and now it's quite on a good level. But still, if you want to build a company and you need to go from 100 to 500 to 2,000 employees, in a fairly short period of time. That is, of course, a challenge. But then you add that since you don't necessarily have people that has been working in the battery industry since it's growing rapidly, you need to pull in people from different type of industries that are not necessarily similar to the battery manufacturing industry. And I think this goes for the whole value chain that brings in another dimension of complexity. This is where I think we can help our customer the most also since we have a certain degree of domain competence and experience from delivering these type of plants. I can also imagine that it's different challenges all the time. So once you've come up with a way to solve one challenge, there's another one that rears its head. How easy is it becoming for you and ABB to face and solve these challenges? We put a lot of effort into trying to be proactive, of course. So we tend to engage very early with our potential customers. Could, for example, be in a very early phase of the design process for the end user or the customer, they would engage us and we would deploy a team that would basically do parts of the pre-engineering or basic design and we would be a part of the customer team and uh, providing good ideas on how they could choose on different design solutions and how they could standardize, how they could modularize by doing so. That would later on enable us to proactively take actions for a potential project so we could cut down on the lead times. Some customers have the need to be able to postpone the decision on what technology, what solution to choose as long as possible, but still meet the same start of operation date. And then this is a very powerful way of working that you can basically run different scenarios in parallel and do that design. And then you have the operational readiness to execute it in a fairly short period of time. So looking at this industry from the past to the present and looking towards the future, how would you sum up the pace of battery technology and where it's going, how it's improving? The pace of how these gigafactories and all the supporting activities in the supply chain are growing and expanding, that seems to be ever increasing and take us at least to 2030 before we reach some sort of stability. And that growth is, of course, dependent on the cost for a battery would keep decreasing because that also fuels the growth. Then you automatically move over to the technology side of it. And there you have some interesting aspects that you increase the capacity of individual batteries. You get better cycle times, but you have both quite advanced developments on the production technology, but also on the chemistry side. So you have all sorts of different parameters that are moving forward in a quite fast pace. 
today lithium ion is very dominant and I think that will continue to be so in the high performance segment. Then you also have lithium phosphate chemistries that seems to be quite suitable for yeah, both automotive in some cases and of course also in energy storage solutions. Then you have this sodium chemistry as well that is basically an abundance of raw material. It's basically salt and uh, nitrogen. You would of course have uh, less energy density and other constraints on the performance of those batteries. But I think we are seeing quite a tremendous pace of development. Then when you combine that with different physical sizes and properties of the individual battery cells and how you combine that into an integrated system later on, so many things going on in parallel. So it's impossible to say what will be the dominating solution in the future. But I think it might also be that it will be a combination of these three. And it's something that we need in terms of going towards that green future is this energy storage that works in a way that we want it that's a size that we need definitely and there's also of course the matter that uh, i mean for different applications you need different type forms in a car quite fairly simple you need enough energy available for a fairly low weight but if you have a stationary energy storage system i don't think it's as important what the weight is in that sense it's other parameters that would be more dominant in that decision what technology and what chemistry to go with Stefan Sudegård, Vice President of Battery Manufacturing at ABB. And what a fascinating insight again, because yes, you've got that two-pronged approach. You've got to look at the latest chemistry when it comes to batteries. But not only that, you've then got to look at how you manufacture batteries with this latest technology. There's always so much to think about. And of course, we are going to add to that with our final interview. As mentioned by Stefan earlier, the company is Northvolt and Maria Orstrand is Vice President of Cathode Active Materials. She began by telling me more about her company and what it does. It's a company that was founded in 2016 by Peter Carlson and Paolo Ceruti, both ex-Teslas. Since 2016, we have built an organization of about 5,500 people. We develop and we produce the world's greenest battery. We provide products that allows electrification of the automotive as well as energy storage industry. And we bring a totally new industry to Europe. And we have operations as well in Poland and Norway. And we are about to build up production also in Germany, Gothenburg, Borlinge, as well as Canada. So, Maria, a job title of Vice President of Cathode Active Materials does sound very impressive, but what does it mean? We have the cathode active material, we have the cell, we have the modulum pack, and we have recycling. So that's four pillars, I would say, in Northvolt. The cathode active material is one of the key components in the cell that defines the cell characteristics. We have the cathode and we have the anode. In between those, we have a separator and then we have an electrolyte. And basically, that's what you have in a cell. The cathode material defines the cycle performance of the cell and it defines the cycle retention and, of course, the power, the energy density of the cell. My role at Northvolt comprises both the development of today's and tomorrow's cataractive material, the processes to produce them, but also building and installing factories to produce such materials and then eventually also producing this material. 
in the business unit, having this super developing for me and the team as we can control both the development of new products as well as the implementation of the production and producing them. And it brings an obvious clear accountability as well as responsibility to the team. So I like it a lot. One of the things that we hear so much about these days, clean energy transition. Now, how do you see the main role of battery technology when it comes to this transition? So I would say there's mainly two aspects to that. One is to help out and secure the electrification of the automotive industry, both the personal vehicles, but also trucks and buses, and to make that really happen. Batteries uh, that have been produced in the most green way using both sustainable raw materials as well as green energy and green technologies are needed for this industry to provide green cars in the future. The second aspect I would say is really that these batteries built into bigger modules can be used for energy storage. And those facilities can be, for example, producing electricity from sustainable sources like wind and solar or hydro. And batteries in this ecosystem will then contribute to the power supply over periods also when the wind is not blowing or the nights uh, when the sun is out. The raw materials that are used to make batteries and battery recycling. Can you tell us a bit more about the battery recycling process within your company? For our vision and strategy, recycling is a very important and significant component. We have both a pilot plant in Westeros, but we are also building a gigascale plant in Skellefteå. And by allowing reintroduction of, for example, use old cells or recall of cells coming from the market, it can significantly feed from the metals that we need in the cataractic material. We also have the ability to introduce production scrap. There's always a little bit of production scrap when you run a production in cell manufacturing. So that can also be introduced again into the cathode. And that makes us both less independent of virgin material and mining, but it also significantly reduced the cost of the cell, something that is super important for us to meet the expected cost target from customers. But of course, also allowing us to become a truly sustainable company when it comes to the CO2 footprint of our cells. And in 2030, we target to have 50% of the cathode material being produced from recycled feed. So half of our introduction of metals will come from recycling, our own recycling. From everything you're sharing with us, Maria, it sounds like Northfall are making great strides in battery technology. But I can imagine getting the right kind of support from other people that are in the know around battery technology was absolutely key in making this happen. So how did you go about doing this? On the perspective of designing the product, we recruited a large amount of very skilled engineers in the very early history of Northfault coming from the battery industry. But I think also we have included and incorporated both our suppliers and our customers to a large extent when setting up our capabilities and building the production units. I mean, it's sometimes really hard to do this because you get a very multifunctional team when you bring in suppliers and customers as well. But we really truly believe that this is long term a good enabler for our success. And as an example, actually, ABB has been super integrated and a very key supplier when we built the process control system for our cataractic material plant up in Skellefteå. And it's been super valuable when integrating the large number of equipment that we have in that plant and connected into one big production plant that ABV was always there hand in hand with us uh, doing this uh, integration of the control system. And I think we also built a lot of knowledge in-house. So one challenge with building battery 
manufacturing and the battery industry in Europe is that there is really none in Europe. So we build also a large portion of the knowledge in-house and we emphasize a lot on both building and scaling the learning organization and the learning ways of working in Northfault. And as an example, we have built our own Northfault Academy that all our co-workers can tap into to use different parts of it or the whole program for learning both about products, but also how to manufacture a good cell. We can't really rely on competence and resources only from Asia, where battery industry has been more mature. We really need to build and scale this in Europe because there's going to be a lot more players than Northvolt here in Europe. So we need to build a strong ecosystem from training, universities, student programs, also competence development for people that already worked in other industries that don't want to go into battery industry. So all this has to be facilitated and enabling the growth of a battery industry in Europe and Sweden. It's so obvious that battery technology is going to be so fundamental in our futures. Without good battery technology, we won't be able to have the clean energy transition just full stop. So where do you see the future of battery technology going? Probably in one sentence, I would say the future is extremely bright. I think we see a lot of different energy storage solutions. Batteries is just one of the energy storage solutions that we see growing into the future. But as of now, batteries have gained a lot of traction as the technology is rather mature and it can offer solutions for storage also in the short term perspective. And if I look purely on the battery segment as such, I believe that we will see a lot of new, sustainable and cheap chemistries and battery solutions that will also be coming to the market in the near future. The battery industry, it's really going to be an industry where the market is defined by cost pressure. But we also need to introduce cheaper materials and uh, more cheap or sustainable production methods. And you can always drive the cost down uh, so much because eventually you might also look at uh, not jeopardizing the sustainability and the performance of the product because they are going for a market that is the green transition. If they are going to that market and you don't implement green methods, of course, you haven't really achieved the overall objective. And when the interest from the market is there, people want to work with it, right? Then you feel energy and you feel that whatever you do is making use, it makes sense, and you can actually contribute to something and improve something for people. And I think our children, they will always ask the question, how did we actually try to solve the problems we created? This is not a single solution, but it's at least a part of the puzzle to bring a more green perspective to the industrial world. Maria Orstrand, Vice President of Cathode Active Materials at Northvolt. And what an exciting time it is to be in this sector not only because of the new chemistry that's being developed, but also the new ways of manufacturing batteries and also where they are going to be implemented. The future is certainly bright. But unfortunately, that is it for this episode of the Process Automation Podcast for ABB. I'd like to thank our guests, Nora Rosenberg-Grobeck, Head of Battery Technology at Innovation Norway, Stefan Sudegård, Vice President of Battery Manufacturing at ABB, and Maria Orstrand, Vice President of Cathode Active Materials, Northvolt. I'm Franz Scott, and the Process Automation Podcast is a Fresh Air production for ABB. Follow now for free wherever you get your podcasts so you never miss an episode.